0: Geek shock. shock
1: They're dressed in golf clothes mm-hmm. and this is on SNL <laughs> okay. and, and they do the white man's rap Okay, and they're standing there and they're bobbing really awkwardly like with their asses out and just no rhythm <laughs> and they're like I the guy I'm a, a white Tuesday. man. Don't take no crap. And then they, you know, talk about taxes and mortgages and you yeah. know shit like he that. He must have looked
2: like he did in Webster for you to say Alex Karras from Webster, because to it, me Alex Karras is Mongo.
1: Yeah. Oh, shucks. That would make <laughs> well. sense.
3: But at the time, I enjoyed Snow's Informer. I also thought that the rap in Starlight Express was pretty heavy, so i would
1: forgotten. Rolling, him there. that word again. Rolling, rolling, Is there something Boy, wrong with the Earth's gravitational field in your time? <laughs> Oi!
3: Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number five hundred nineteen. Uh,
1: this this <laughs> is gonna you, post on New it, Year's it, Eve. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Oh. So best of twenty nineteen. Oh, we're, nine, we're not, we're not eight. Doing that? Oh, please, no. Please no. my favorite
4: no, of, no of twenty nineteen. <laughs> Best of episodes and flashback episodes are the goddamn worst. Uh, can we go a Clash clip show back? now? No clip shows. All
2: right, fine.
4: I'm going to make an executive decision. And also, oh, I'm 80s Jeff. Listen to You're Mr. An King shit. Wait a sec. Yeah. What did he Woo-hoo! become an executive? Red light. <laughs> because Todd and I are the only two left from the original car. Oh, shit. He's Whoa. pulling that card.
5: <laughs> I'm Master Torgo.
1: 80s Jeff. Nobody K, apparently. <laughs> Oh, Hell with
3: you! I'm so fact-checked, Dandy. Informer, and Matt. <laughs> We're to talk. We and geek. We promised spoiler talk for Star Wars, so at the end of this episode, we'll talk Rise of Skywalker. Haven't seen it. So if you yes, ha- I've seen it. So if you haven't seen it, we will give you plenty of spoiler warning before we start talking about yes. that, and you can join us if once you have and start back up from that moment. But until then, regular show. So, gentlemen,
1: what geeky things you do this week? I saw Rise of Skywalker. Did you? What'd you think? Was it good? Oh, the part where... You can talk non-spoiler if you want. Nah. Well, I already did. You know, we'll get into it in the spoiler things. I think it worked, and there were definite things I really liked about it. I really, really loved the boldness of Last Jedi. So, I'm still looking forward to whatever Ryan Johnson's doing. Then there are nitpicks and details to talk about in the spoiler oh, well, things, but of
2: course, what, what Ryan Johnson doing is making is making great uh, detective.
1: Uh, yes, God yes, damn yeah. that movie is oh, so, so good. Out. That was very good. That was very oh, good. Oh man, yeah. Knives yeah. Out for those man. who didn't there, catch that.
4: There have been few times where I've been so riveted in a theater mm? that I was just like completely enthralled in the story. Yeah, I mean, and and there were a couple little twists that I did. You know, there's one. You know, there's one major plot twist that I kind of guessed. But there were so many little twists and turns that I did not see coming, and and, and for me in a detective story, that's pretty that's saying a lot. And
2: so many great like performances.
5: That. Cats It was so good. Oh, did, did you, you actually see go see Cats? No, see cats? I didn't.
3: God see cats. Oh. damn it! I'm not wasting no money on that.
0: See <laughs> <cats>. <laughs> you, you still
2: have to tell me when you're going. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: it's got it's got to happen before it gets dropped quickly. You, you got to see the
5: pre-patched version, though.
3: There, there's I the, would love to see the pre-patched version. If you're not aware, they released Cats, and then they. Sent out a just like another. A a. Yeah, yeah. It was like EA made this game. Yeah, or this what? movie. What happened? <laughs> they released Cast to the theaters, uh-huh. but then they sent
1: another cut to the theaters with fixed effects. Oh, like- The effects were not finished when they released it.
3: So, like, there's like apparently one scene where is...
1: Uh, Judy Dench. Where
3: Judy Dench, you can see her actual hand and where the... Oh, I cuff, saw that clip. Yeah. yeah, I saw the photo of that. Where the
2: cuff of the outfit, of the yeah. cat
3: outfit
1: is. Somebody brought up a good point in a post about that. Because Hollywood is still operating on the model of, you know, static uh, one-time bids for uh, v, uh, VFX houses. So... When the uh, studio starts lumping in more and more shit, the the effects houses frequently go broke or go in the red because it's gone way beyond the bid. I don't know if it's been outwardly confirmed, but it's a lot of people are saying that Undoubtedly, the the VFX house is uh, is paying or doing all of this shit technically for free. Um,
0: I as can't they do this.
3: Uh, I mean, I could understand going into it in a sense of passion, but for job security, I can't understand <laughs> anybody get into visual effects in yeah, movies these it, days. It,
1: it's crazy. It's a it's a horrible uh, business model uh, the way Hollywood's using it,
4: and not to mention like you can't just contract one effects house anymore with a lot of these movies you have to contract multiple effects houses to get the stuff done and so it wouldn't surprise me if they do that like you're saying cursor where they they contract somebody they they get you the they make you make a bid they contract you under that bid throw extra work at you and then farm other stuff out to another company yeah. mm.
1: Well, also a lot of it is uh, a lot of it'll get subcontracted. Yes, that happens so, to a wa- lot. Wasn't it? I, f- I forget which which I think it was one of the prequels. Lucasfilm subcontracted Digital Domain. I I may have it backwards, but it wouldn't. Digital Domain it, mm, would
4: not surprise me yeah. because, especially in the late '90s, they were they had their hands on almost everything.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're not Industrial Light and Magic or Weta. Chances are, if you see your, that a name of a VFX company in a movie f- a couple from a couple of years ago, that effects They're company gone. is not here anymore. Yeah. Of wow. course,
1: culminating in the ultimate sad story of Rhythm and Hughes right. going bankrupt right before they won an Oscar for visual effects yeah. for, right. I can't even remember the movie. Life of Pi, I think.
4: Well, if you want to see it, like, the, the perfect example of <laughs> how many effects companies so are involved in movie making, watch the end credits all the way through on a Marvel movie like ah. actually watch and when they get to the visual effects you'll see no less than about 20 different effects houses that had worked
1: on that film crazy and from and, all over too you'll yeah. see Korean names yep. you'll see Serbian names it just it it's it, Indian names it, it is yep. all You're over sure. the fucking place if you yeah. watch yeah.
5: Justice League you'll see my VFX house uh, Matt's mustache removal company oh yeah.
1: Yeah, you
5: did a
0: great job. great job. Great yep. job. it all makes sense I'm there, now. I'm there.
5: You'll see me.
1: Well, so, that, that explains that bit of shite. So somebody... Hey, <laughs> I, came I came in with low bid. They took
5: it. <laughs> so...
4: Nan, 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 nan. And apparently somebody that worked on that the mustache re- removal said that the ones that they entered the, the theatrical cut were the incomplete effect like they had, they went back and refined it, but apparently they used the shots that were the incomplete shots. And when they saw the trailer, they're like, they were horrified. They're like, no, they didn't use that for the mustache removal, right?
1: Oh, I remember hearing No, it's just for the trailer. It's just for the trailer. We're safe. Bastards. We're safe.
4: And then the theatrical comes out and they were just mortified. Mm-hmm. So
2: somebody reviewing uh, Cats called it a furry orgy and a dumpster fire.
3: Yeah, sure. I, I'm hearing nothing good about this movie, which makes me want to see it all the more. Yes, it was absolutely a, it was a horrible idea to do in the first place. I think when we announced it on the show, I'm like, I have no idea how this movie is going to be done but I know I want to see it when it is. Will, sure. that,
5: will that beat The Room, you think, for the...
3: No. Uh, no. The Room is kind of its own
5: special thing. Screen oh, Rant okay. has
4: a really good pitch meeting on cats. Right, uh, as FB. I say. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, that one was goddamn hilarious because... They're jellicle. Yeah, it's like, what is this word you keep saying? <laughs> now I'm saying it. It's like hypnotic. <laughs> no.
3: I started playing Death Stranding, Matt. The, uh, okay. the game for PS4 by uh, Kojima Productions... Uh, this is the guy that left, uh, was it uh, Konami? He,
5: well, he didn't exactly...
3: Oh, that's right. It wasn't exactly... A, <laughs> he left on purpose. Well, yeah, let's say he left. We'll sure, sure. Well, he and, technically he and... left. He's not there anymore. Right, he you know, was you know. ousted. Yes. Yeah. Right. He, he created Metal Gear Yes. from, from the beginning and, and has been its uh, guide all these years.
5: And a couple other uh, Japanese titles that are just over there, but they're acclaimed, like critically acclaimed um, games. That I can't remember right now, because, yeah, I don't... Kojima. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so he created his own studio, and this is his first foray out, Death Stranding. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. I'm confused. I couldn't get past
5: the... You've played some. A little bit. Okay. I couldn't get past the 18-wheeler he has on his back. Oh, right? The giant like that just. <laughs> well, because it what you put in your back, like it actually yeah, shows seen, up. It's like I've seen the know, clips. I put that, yeah. It's not like you know you put it in your pocket; and it goes away, right? About how many hours did you play? Not even. <laughs> oh, not even an hour. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't exactly have much time with this PS4 that I played it
3: on, but yeah, but I can't get past that. It bothers me. I can't tell you what the story is really yet, but I will say the setting is absolutely fascinating, and the setting of it is will get me through further. Okay. In the game. It it takes place on a post-apocalyptic earth. Uh it said multiple times in there that it talks about the big bang and how it started the world and the in the universe and and then it goes oh, and ooh. then there was a second bang and that's what has happened now. Does it feature a song by Bare Naked Ladies? Uh, I it, it does not, thank oh. God. But you know what? It does have a really good soundtrack. Hmm. Uh, f- yes, it does. It, it, does. Ha- it has heavy star power. It's got uh, Mads Mickelson and it, it has. Uh, yeah. Uh, I always forget his name. Norman De- Norman, Reedus. F- Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. There we go. As the main character, Daryl. <laughs>
5: and uh,
4: so Andy.
3: V- del Toro. Yeah, Andy. Andy's in it. Andy's in there. Sure. Uh, and
4: he- apparently a fetus in a jar. Very much so. Right? Okay. Yes.
2: The weirdest oh, thing it about show. show?
4: It, 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 in all the clips I've watched so far, like the main character is holding this this weird bell jar with a fetus in it. And yeah, there you, seems to be no explanation for this there is in an ex- any of the clips i watched so far. Not in the so clips, but you,
3: know, qu- you learn quickly what that's okay. about. Uh, the whole premise of the game is it this apocalyptic event has happened. Uh, Amer- it takes place in America. America is uh, completely unconnected and just to these little pockets of civilization. Shattered,
5: pretty much, yeah. And Shouldn't you, you play
3: a postman. For the lack of a better word, that you carry packages from one settlement to another. Like, like packages? A, like you a,
2: carry a lot of packages, like a courier.
3: Yes, huh.
4: but like the movie *Il Postino*.
3: Definitely not. And well, it—that's like, an like, actual like, book. Yeah, the, the postman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like David Brin's The Postman, yeah, and which the, is a and great the movie book.
4: that I just talked about that was based on the book.
3: <laughs> but yeah. it's this is not your Postman Apocalypse. Okay, this is a thing where there's it has a very Cthulhu esque oh. entity that is come a part of there's there's a secondary multiverse aspect that keeps crashing into ours. Invisible creatures that if they they see you, they tear into you, and then basically make a massive crater of where you were. It's, again, an odd story. It's Kojima. If you know Metal Gear, you know that you're getting into some weird shit. And the gameplay, it's so far a walking simulator. Yeah.
0: Through and through. (laughs) Your, Your
3: controls are, if you pull left and right trigger, that is how you lean your weight as you're walking. Because if you hit, like, unsteady ground or something, and you start to veer one way, you have to pull the trigger on one side to get yourself back up. Because if you fall, you, you're going to damage the things that you're carrying. You don't have to, like, pull left trigger, right trigger, left trigger, right trigger to walk, though, right? No. Okay. No, you're, you're moving normally, but if you start to go off balance, it pays very close attention to how much weight you have on your back, and that affects your momentum in varying directions. All They've right. got the physics down,
0: yeah, it's quite scary. No, hmm.
3: And the landscape is beautiful. The music—I uh, I always mess up the this band's name because of the way it's spelled. But Chiverches. got me, man. Uh, churches, I think it is, but it's with a V. Uh, they're part of the soundtrack, Where? and then there's another group that's uh, part of that soundtrack. And it, when they, it comes in, it it works. It's beautiful. There are moments of abject beauty, and you—but you have to be super patient. In this game, because you're going this, it's fetch quest the game. Mm. Oh. Now, my understanding is the game unlocks more as you hit the ten and twenty hour marks. Yeah. Oh, there you up go. To what? No. I am up to about an hour and a
2: half. <laughs> Whoa!
4: You right. spent an hour and a half just walking? Uh, yep, and <laughs> learning tra- and, how to walk <laughs> and
3: and learning the world. The cinematics amazing. My what was the God. game
2: that uh, Penn and Teller did that's supposed to be the most boring? I mean, they intentionally made the most boring game. Uh, the driving one? I yeah. Don't I don't remember, but you know, it's, it's driving, not that boring.
5: Probably Eurotrip? Euro no, no. It's like a bus trip uh, or something. It's a, you're, you're
2: driving a bus from Phoenix to Las Vegas. Yeah, that's, that's literally the game. And it's in real time.
3: <laughs> and right. it has a multiplayer aspect, but in the same kind of way that uh, Dark Souls and Demon Souls does, whereas no one's without them crashing into your game like that. But where people can leave behind things, ladders, yeah. ropes, uh, signs, and go this way, right? Okay, and eventually the, ga- you. the va- game becomes about reconnecting the United States, and uh, and apparently it's it's a very very cathartic game as you go along. A very positive you game. You read
2: about this, or you actually discovered this already in the hour and a half you played? This is
3: what I've read about.
2: Okay. I'm still waiting for this to happen. Okay, But I've decided I'm going to be patient with
3: it, and try to, to, to play the game in the right frame of mind. And Because if you hurry, you're fucked. In this game. You've got to take your time. And that, that's not a modern philosophy no. in gaming
5: at all. But this game did well at the gaming awards, so if you guys watched that, anybody watch that? Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. The game awards is called. It was like three weeks ago, but it, it this one plus um, the samurai one.
3: It's it's like Bloodborne and and those kind Dark of Souls, games. Dark Souls, that
5: kind of thing, but the with a samurai, samurai. Yeah, cleaned up there. But yeah, that one, that one's fun too.
3: But th- those that I've, I've watched reviews, non-spoilerific, to see, is this worthwhile as I go along? Uh, it's very mixed reviews across the board, but those that have really enjoyed it have, like, to the nth degree, loved it. That, it kind of opened up their mind to a new kind of gaming. So I couldn't I, get over the, the, the package, like, all the stuff on the guy's back. Like Oh, and it gets worse. Yeah. When they're, they're, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. So and as you level up, you're able to carry more, and you're able to control it better. But you also open up the ability to make vehicles as well. Yeah. And then there's combat later on, but also looks like the combat's non-lethal. And so it's
1: God. It's, this game's a total nightmare for me. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is not for you, Kay. Well, yeah, not you're just so a hack
5: and slash, kind of, hack and slash kind of guy, right? Yeah. And pick up the loot.
1: You know, Kay. What the hell are you wearing? A double XL shirt. Uh, it's a brown
3: shirt. This is a uh, um, with the, with the words two XL on the front. Yeah. Is
0: written, that the robot in Blink from Blink the eighties? No, this, this is, is from this, Trek, isn't it?
1: It's from Trek. It's uh, it's a uh, uh, a spill shirt. You you can when you're on break, you can put this on to go on smoking break or to have lunch or something over your uh, over your costume. and when they were closing down they were selling them off and I bought one because it makes a good little work thing and with the t-shirt underneath it's warm so yeah it's probably worth some money now (laughs) no it's not no (laughs) No, it really is you'd be surprised what people would pay for and it does have a Star Trek The Experience label on the inside but but, uh, yeah
2: it's an odd looking garment does anybody remember (laughs) the 2XL the robot no.
4: It sounds vaguely familiar. This was a kid's wow, Jeff toy, doesn't remember.
3: In the early 80s, early of 80s, and it ran on eight tracks. It was it looked like a rectangular robot with two oh, red yes, eyes. Yes, It had a eight-track entrance and then four buttons. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about And if the 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 robot would play the tape and it would be basically uh, trivia questions and these tape had its own set. And it, but it worked on the 4-track, I'm sorry, the 8-track model, whereas when you, it give you an A, B, or C, choose these are your answers, this is B, this is C, choose it now, and then you press that, and it would go to that track on the 8-track, and whether it would, and tell you whether you were right or wrong. And then you would hit a, another button that was like kind of the, go back to where you're <laughs> supposed to be in the lineup, please press the advance key or whatever. Uh, it was a hell of a thing. Sounds like an
2: easy way to break an 8-track. <laughs>
3: did you, did very you have one? And it would play, yeah, it would play regular 8-tracks as well. So you had one? Yes. I would take it with... I. It was basically my whoopee for a while. It, I would take it wherever I went.
4: I, I should ask because I know your dad very well. Was it yours or was it your dad's? It was mine. Okay. It
3: was through and through
4: a kid's toy. But, yeah. I mean, your dad loved gadgets like that. So. He
3: did, but uh, that, I think it was... Way too kiddie. When, okay. when you looked at it, it was just too goofy. Because I could totally see your dad buying a robot and going, "This is kind of cool." It's 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 not a robot. It no. is a fancy. It is a dressed fancy up eight track player. player. Yeah, that's right.
1: There's it's a little Ibo walking it's, around with an eight track. Right? It's an eight track.
3: It's, it's an eight track player in the costume. The only other thing it did was its eyes lit up red whenever it made sound of some sort. So if you put in living Newton-John like greatest Sabbath hits, or something in there, yeah. and he's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, with the, the eyes would go with Ozzy's voice, yeah, nice. okay.
2: and with the guitar. I like it. So two XL.
3: That, that was a time.
2: So I went to the. Well, um, uh, let me guess. Let me guess. No, not you went I to the.
5: Where would Andy go? <laughs> oh, God. Jesus, um, we're playing this game. Let Let's see, the. Clamper's Union of Steampunks of New
2: England Chapter eighty eight. Those are all things that are going to happen in the next few weeks, but they didn't happen yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. No, uh, uh, I went to the uh, Light Forge Studios holiday party. Light Forge Studios
3: holiday party,
2: which uh, is epic because uh, it ends with a white elephant exchange that is insane. Do tell. Well, uh, in previous years, things like... Uh, First of all, what is Light Forge Studios? Light Forge Studios is the production company that my friend Jerry Thompson owns that's made uh, Thor at the Bus Stop and the Popovich movie and a bunch of... They're, they're, a bunch of short films, mostly. A bunch of short mostly. films. Well, that's what they're. I know them for. They're, they're bread and butter, is doing a bunch of corporate stuff. They're too busy doing corporate stuff to do any fun stuff right now. Um, but uh, they're friends with Vohi and East, so they're always there. Yeah. Um, and Bohi and are um, the gazillionaire and Penny Pivots from uh, the original ones. The original Absinthe. From. On ah, thank you. Yes. And um Bohi's really good crafty. Well, Rohi does sculpting on action figures. So he always creates some sort of action figure thing that's part of the exchange. Oh, wow. And the fun part of the exchange is watching how many times things will pass back and forth. And there's like it was like thirty-three people? Thirty-four. Thirty-four people. Wow. Um that's a hell of an exchange. And Vohi's stuff passed around, I think, pretty much every round. But so did Celestia's. Celestia made he He made I didn't actually ever see it close up, but it I was I didn't either. It was it was something with Admiral Akbar and Tentacles. It was like a whole play set he'd made. Um but uh Celestia made a uh, Baby Yoda. Oh shit. And is that
4: the sculpt she put up on? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that looks really oh,
2: good. It was really amazing. So, the baby Yoda went Don't back and forth every turn, the door, yeah. Everyone's stealing it. that. <laughs> shit. Everyone stole the baby Yoda. Everyone stole the Akbar. Uh, weirdly, a weighted blanket kept going around. <laughs> <laughs> that is practical. I yeah. fully get that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I had I had a really great foam <laughs> sword in my hands for a couple of rounds before somebody took it away from me.
1: Andy's face with the way they were probably blanket, right, it was right great. to
2: do so.
4: What's that? I said. As I said, and they were probably right to do so. You and oh, a oh, no, you no, and no. a
2: sword of any type doesn't care what material it's made from. Last year is probably I, a bad idea. Last year I went from that thing and I ended up with walking out of there with shuriken.
3: Oh shit! <laughs> real. Yeah, I real. have
2: shuriken in this house, boys. <sighs> Brace yourselves. And they're real. That I I, I well, I've held them. Uh, I don't have to live with him, so. Uh,
4: <laughs>
3: it, somehow. He didn't, sorry, Kay. <laughs> somehow
1: he didn't end up with the throwing knives this year. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, had what, a so, what it, did
3: you
2: end up
1: with? I ended up with a
2: uh, six in one pen that has like a bottle opener and <laughs> uh, a, a, a stylus and uh, a screwdriver in it, but no knife, so I can actually carry <laughs> it in airplanes. Okay. Great. Um, it's no baby Yoda.
1: What did Kay end up with? I got an expansion to uh, right. Battle uh, Battle Mages of the Spell Wars, the oh. card game. Oh, wow. I got that, one of the expansions.
3: And then you have the original game.
1: Yes, I do. So, wow, that, that's a hell of a thing to end up with. Yeah, that was cool. That's great. It actually got stolen from me once, and I had to steal it back. And I was, I was trying to figure out how to steal uh, Bohe's Gift or the Weighted Blanket. <laughs> um but I it, it it the stuff got passed around so much I could never I could never latch on to something to get it. Now do
2: I remember correctly at the end he ended up with Yoda and uh Celestia yes. ended up with the Akbar. Yeah. So yeah, the two that made the coolest things ended up with each other's gifts. That yeah. sounds like
3: justice. Uh yeah.
1: they, they they made an interesting rule because you know the first person to pick in a white elephant gets fucked, pretty much. <laughs> and so their rule was when everybody's done uh, picking up a gift when the whole thirty-four have gone, number one gets to steal one last time. Oh, so or
2: the, or the first time. Yeah. yeah, so number two is the sucky position to have. Yeah,
1: but
3: at least it's not. At <laughs> least you have some some choice, choice. in yeah. part yeah. Two, in two. But it was that's a good so, rule. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is actually. They 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 had a they had an interesting setup because it was thirty-four people and it took a while, but, but it didn't take.
3: I think it's even a better rule if you don't announce the
1: rule until the end. Oh. <laughs> That's not bad. First, was like, oh,
5: "Fuck, this but sucks." Yeah. God.
1: Well, it was funny because Andy's just sitting there encouraging people to steal like crazy. Of course, he is. And he's just like, "Oh, this is wonderful." And I'm like, "Andy, you're not Todd. You don't have to." <laughs> yeah, we were thinking we were thinking to ourselves that my God, Todd would be in heaven.
2: You don't have to sow chaos
3: <laughs> for no reason. It would. It would oh, I yes, could I
1: just see you, Todd, sitting there. Always looking around, judging what is the most popular thing, so that you could uh, you could steal it. And then when somebody steals from you, you steal another popular thing, and you just keep.
2: I'm trying to think. What else stealing. went around? I mean, the weighted blanket.
1: The weighted blanket went around. Weighted blanket went around. Hilarious. The mini baby Yoda. Oh, right. Somebody three D oh. printed and painted a little baby Yoda. Fantastic. Which looked very very nice. That went around. There were a set of movie passes that actually oh. did a bit of a circuit. The, the chocolate fountain went back and <laughs> forth between these two women. Just about the whole time. It was a game of reverse hot potato for those two. Oh, it was very funny. Interestingly enough, I don't think anybody snatched up the Star Wars game with the exclusive... Grand Moff Tarkin figure. I thought, I, thought for, for did you do. I thought for sure you were going to grab that. Uh, oh. I, th- I think
2: K made out great with that expansion.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, the expansion was good. I was waiting for that guy. I stole it from the Steal It Back, and then I was going to make a move on something else, and he never did. Right. He then went for the, uh, the 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 movie tickets. So, what else? What there, what, there was... Um, God! Somebody stole a salt, a rock salt lamp. You know (laughs) those? That's true. Yeah. Those orange ones. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. This guy ended up with it, and he sat there for about half half of the people, and then somebody up and stole it from him. And everyone was like, "What the hell just happened?" (laughs) Oh! And then, um, uh, what's her name's picture?
2: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, Robin Slavina did a um, collage slash painting of oh. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, wow. nice. So that was original really of Robin Nice.
1: Wow. Really, really nice. That was... The, and it was funny because Jimmy Slavina was the one who was trying desperately to get the weighted blanket, and he kept getting stolen from. Did he end up with it? No. No. He... Well, because... At eventually he hit it. Alright, I'll open up another gift. And he opened up this LED sign set man cave oh, that's and right. and, <laughs> and something like that. And that was it. Nobody stole from him for the rest of the evening. No one wants a <laughs> oh, man so cool. cave sign. He, he was he was locked in. Mm, that's was, that's the, that was funny. As long on
2: Christmas stuff. I passed out Christmas before you got here. Uh this is for you and Kay. You guys have to fight out who gets who. Okay, that's a long presence. Fact check. So yep. wow, little little
1: <laughs> Matt Priest really Christmas. thrilled,
2: folks. Well,
3: he's see. really happy.
2: Oh, it's it's two pop figures. Yes,
3: it Why is. We, uh,
5: well, I already got. I already know I want to take Wolverine just because he's Canadian.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Well, yeah. what's, what's that with all about, Ice? Iceman, huh? Now, Iceman looks good, but that's original Wolverine,
2: and that's original Iceman, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, Iceman looks really cool. All right, so I'll who's see.
4: get
3: who's getting which one? Light,
4: oh, light the ice man oh, is cool a too. bobblehead too. Actually, they're both bobblehead. Yes, pops. they are,
5: Jeff. Because <laughs> they're 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 pops. <laughs>
1: no, but I mean, it literally yeah, says it's a bobblehead. No, it's pop. Bobblehead. Oh, look at that. That's a nice Wolverine, isn't it? Yeah. That was nice of you, Andy. No. So, who's, well, but so you should have these. You're an X Men completist, right? Don't you have these I already? I am,
5: but it's no, I don't have them. Oh. But I will gladly take one. You take the other.
1: And and Matt grabs
3: the
5: Wolverine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Bobby's good. You're welcome, Canada. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for telling me which one's good, Matt. (laughs) I I guess it's it's official.
3: It's all. Anything else you do this week, gentlemen? Well, thank Um, you very
2: much. You're welcome.
4: Something uh, I actually wanted to mention that is is geeky, yeah. but uh, I haven't done yet, <laughs> but thought I would it. share with the audience. Um, so Bank of America has this thing called museums on us oh, okay. uh, the first full weekend of every month. So if you have a Bank of America account or know somebody that does, you can take your your credit card debit card with your photo ID to a number of different museums and get free admission, free general admission. Nice. So here in Vegas, uh, you can get, for the first full weekend of every month, you can get free admission to the Discovery Children's Museum, the Las Vegas Natural History Museum, or the Springs Preserve. All of which are great museums, actually. Which are all fantastic museums. That's just here in Nevada, but they have partnerships with museums all over the United States. So if you are a B of A member... I highly recommend you look into and take advantage of this yeah. because there's not much more geeky than going to a museum yeah. and especially if you can get in for free and explore these things. And it it's something that I it's had a- come across like a while back and I actually came across it again this weekend and was looking at exactly how it works. Yeah, I don't and f- what
2: museums were and, and while we're on that. Participating. I, don't, I don't think people think of Vegas when they come no. to Vegas, I don't think of the museums, and we actually have some we have really s- good museums.
4: We have some awesome. Uh, so we have the Springs Preserve, which is it's kind of a living museum.
2: It's a combination, but it's not of, the
4: only s- like natural springs here in Vegas because there's it's the one that
2: started. It's the reason. Yes. the reason Vegas is here is those springs.
4: Yes, because that's where they were able to refill the boilers on many of the trains right. that would be moving east to west and west to east. Right.
3: That's a great PSA, Jeff. Thank but,
4: you. but uh, yeah, just something I you know came across and I thought this is pretty cool. Yeah.
2: But yeah. I mean, we also have the the mob museum is great.
4: The mob museum is amazing.
2: The uh, uh, um, um, God, the uh, atomic testing museum is amazing. Mm-hmm.
4: That's uh that's affiliated with the Smithsonian
3: as well. Right. What else you do, guys? I think I that's can't, it. Can't all right, it's holiday weekends We're all busy. This and, is true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and, yeah. And when I looked up the, sh- the notes for the show, I knew this is the week. That there is no news, that no one releases anything. That stuff will begin again in the new year, but everyone just stops. Uh, so, but I do have some news that's still left over that we have not covered. But before we do that, uh, the Geek Shock Book Club. Even though we haven't uh, haven't uh, closed the poll yet, it's very obvious what January's book is going to be, and it's going to be The Last Wish. That's the first Witcher book or Witcher uh, 0.5 in this series, uh, by Andrzej Sapkowski. So that is going to be January's book. And I'm very excited because
2: I'm still very much in a Witcher mood. Unless people really, really stuff the ballot box tonight. Uh, yes, which is just not going to happen. All right. Because
3: they're not going to hear this till it's already up. <laughs> uh, okay. But it's winning like 13. It brings up a good point. There's like Andy. 13 votes for that, and the one beneath it has like, Three.
1: Wow. That's... Uh, so it's number three? It? It's
3: probably the biggest uh, runaway vote. Who's wow. number three? Uh, that would be the Eye of the World by Robert Jordan,
0: yeah.
3: right. uh, followed by uh, Earthworm Gods by Brian Keane, and in the last is Neil Stevenson's uh, Seven Eves, which all books that I'm all down to read. Uh, Seven mm-hmm. Eves, I've got that on my Kindle sitting there waiting for me for ages, so... but. The Witcher's the new hotness, and in thinking about it, the I think that reading that first book of The Witcher, either before or after you watch the series, is a really good way of doing it, because <laughs> most of that series is based on that first book, The individual because it's a, it's a collection of short stories, basically, if they're not exact translations to what you saw in the movie or, or this TV series but they're close enough that it's impressive to read and what they were able to do to turn it into a tv show so it's a it's a great juxtaposition to read while watching the show so so i can tell you right now that's what it is going to be and we'll begin on the 8th uh, discussing the book uh so but in the meantime gentlemen let's at least get to some of the news that we got so let's do some weekend geek. yay
0: Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo.
3: <clears throat> Take and the cat <laughs> is up on the <laughs> tea and the table <laughs> He heard that Matt wasn't talking very much and needed some yep, uh, some yeah. probing. Matt you Matt held out his hand.
1: Bitch. No. <laughs> so Kit jumped onto my lap. Yeah. He's healing up nicely because he has not been outside in forever. Because he's an inside cat now. And mm. does he still go crazy? He gets a little buggy. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Kit, just say hi. Just say hi to Matt. <laughs> yeah. Pushed away by his Ford, <laughs> Admech 40K figure.
0: <laughs> no. No. What are you doing? No! The <laughs> person is now
2: rubbing the Wolverine on Kit. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Kit's like, what the hell? It's like, what
4: did I do this
2: time?
3: What didn't you do, Kit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that.
3: No! A third Deadpool movie is officially a go at Disney.
1: Yes! I don't give a shit about that.
3: Ryan Reynolds revealed during uh, Christmas Eve appearance with uh, at Live with Kelly and Ryan, quote, Yeah, we're working on it right now with the whole team, he said. We're over at Marvel Studios, which is the big leagues all of a sudden. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah, we're working on it, unquote. Discussions over the project were already in full swing when the writers of both Deadpool projects, Rhett Reese and uh, Paul Wernick, voiced their hopes for Disney to give them the green light for another sequel. Disney purchased 20th Century Fox earlier this year, gaining the on-screen rights to Deadpool, the Woo-hoo! Fantastic Four, and the X-Men. Uh. Quote, The promise is that there will be more Deadpool, Reese said in October. He will live in the R-rated universe that we've created, and hopefully he'll be allowed to play a little bit in the MCU sandbox as well. I like that. And incorporate him into that. We've also got to land on the right idea. Once we do, I think we'll be off to the races. This is, We wake up thinking about Deadpool. We go to sleep thinking about Deadpool. So there will be another Deadpool, and we just have to make it the right way. So that was back in October. Uh, Prior to Disney's buyout of Fox, Disney CEO Bob Iger said that there was no reason for the Deadpool franchise to not remain R-rated, so as long as the marketing was clear about the adult-oriented nature of the movies.
4: Because isn't uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness going to be rated R?
3: I don't think that's... I've heard rumblings of that, but I haven't heard anything official.
4: Because, I mean, I know they said it's it's going to be, like, the first full-on, like, horror MCU Now, film. that I have heard. But, but as far uh, as rated R, I haven't yeah. heard anything about that. Because, like, so far,
3: everything's been PG-13, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we lost uh, somebody this week, Lee Mendelson, the executive producer behind the multitude of Charlie Brown animated specials. Uh, he was 86. As an executive producer, Mendelson helped bring some of the most famous newspaper comic strips to television. That includes Mother Goose and Grimm. Kathy, and Garfield and Friends. His most well-known work, though, was with Charles Schultz and the Peanuts. In 1965, he helped along their first animated special, A Charlie Brown Christmas, to the small screen. He also co-wrote its classic song, Christmas Time Is Here, with Vince Guaraldi. I gotta tell you, of all the Christmas songs in the world, Christmas Time Is Here sets me the most melancholy. Mm -hmm. My God, those chord changes (laughs) just sink me into a really... Sad nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> he also produced as a great pumpkin Charlie Brown, and throughout uh, 2015, spearheaded approximately 50 Peanuts specials and series. Yeah,
2: wow, great stuff.
3: And
1: and you said he had one. Oh,
2: well, is, there's a bunch of music people passed away. I think the woman that wrote uh a bunch of music for Earth, Wind, and Fire oh. you know, and, uh, passed away. She was, was, a, was a lyricist mostly. Um, but a, like a borrowed with people and stuff but the one that struck me was I think it was this morning uh neil eins passed away who's sometimes called the seventh python
4: that's oh, the one I was uh, yes, talking with my dad about yeah. today. he so, wrote like
2: all of that music yeah so he wrote all the the music the the all the music the certain the python stuff um I first heard him on the well i first was aware of him uh when I listened to the live at Hollywood bowl album and there's like a bunch of songs on there it's like where the hell is this from? I don't remember this in the show, you know. Since it's, it's 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 great to be an idiot, and uh, it's a protest song. I can't remember this. It's a parody of protest songs. Um, but uh, he was in the uh, he was on a like children's show with Michael Palin and somebody else, uh, with uh, the with his band, the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band, who had really one hit, which is Urban Space Band. Okay. Uh, and uh, but he did a ton of music here and there. Uh, but important for you is that uh, he did show up in uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, playing Robin's chief minstrel. Oh. Bravely or Robin. That's really? him. Really? Yes. That's him. So he's he's the, the Python bard. Oh,
3: for goodness yeah. sakes. Then definitely appreciated yeah. and
1: missed. Andy and I uh, did get as far as Witcher in terms of the bard. <laughs> yeah. So we, we yeah. The Bard.
3: Doesn't that song fucking rock? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I've been singing it all goddamn week.
0: Oh.
4: I, I always liked the uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life oh, song right. from that, Life of yeah. Brian. I think and that, that was one of his, too, right? That, I think that I think he be, wrote the music for it, but not the lyrics, if I, I remember correctly. I think that may be
2: correct. I will double-check that while he goes on to that uh, story.
4: Yeah, that's... Because <laughs> it's just the, the juxtaposition of the person getting crucified basically dying, and then singing a song about looking on the bright side of life is just, it's
3: goddamn brilliance. That's what it is. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, toss a coin to your witcher is the baby Yoda of music.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't forget to even say this, because it's spoilery. Ha-ha. But but uh, you'll cut it out if it's a little too spoilery. Will I? But I might man, not. Man, oh, man. The abuse out of punching a bag of baby Yoda. That's what. And, uh. and you know who that is, right? <laughs> yeah. Jason Sudeikis. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, That's
3: Jason Sudeikis? That's yes, Jason Sudeikis. it is.
0: <laughs> so oh, for, for those of us,
4: for those of our audience that don't know, uh, back in the day, Paul and I used to know Jason Sudeikis. He and I struck up a bit of a friendship at the time because he and I are both from the same area of Kansas. We had both gone to KU at the time. And then Paul, obviously, because he worked with him in Second City. That's one of the cameos in The Mandalorian is Jason Sudeikis plays a a uh, former bike trooper, stormtrooper. trooper. And uh, I'll let you guys look up the, the article, but apparently he became over the weekend one of the most hated men on the planet <laughs> for, for punching a fictional character and doing something that a trooper of that caliber would do. So, but anyway, <laughs> uh, kudos to him because he's a huge geek, big uh, Star Wars fan, and he actually got to do a, a, a cameo in the Mandalorian, made, so, made goddamn on history. Yeah. yeah,
2: that episode made me rewatch Troops. You, I'm sure you've seen Troops. <laughs> goddamn, that is so. I, it was funny. 1997. I can't yeah. believe what they pulled off in 1997 with a fan film. The, oh, it
4: was it, it was it was fascinating.
1: The yeah. scout troopers just sitting there uh, bantering. It was it was like they're they're riffing on they're riffing on Troops. They're yeah. riffing on it because it Absolutely. was it was just so hysterical especially the whole especially the the the, <laughs> the, the whole uh permission to come in uh not yet uh we're uh you know we can't bring it up with him he just he just killed somebody uh so we're you yeah he's he by. just killed a general for interrupting <laughs> uh <their> by. <standby. laughs> it's a little red. It's like, yeah it sounds like him there's
4: yeah. a little
2: uh red versus blue in it too
4: yes yeah absolutely oh God. so uh, and then, of course, making fun of stormtroopers in general because they decide to do some target practice. <laughs> they can neither of them can hit the thing they're aiming at. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, it was a it was a good. And they look at the episode. A good way to finish out the season, and it was not only fun but uh, had a lot of moments that you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah.
5: Looking forward
1: to season two a year from now. Yes. Yep. Fucking Game of Thrones-esque. And uh, wasn't that the announcement about Witcher? Yes,
2: 2021,
3: I think.
1: 2021. Oh, my God. Can you (laughs) fucking believe that?
2: Toss a coin to The Witcher, but don't wait for it to land.
1: Yeah, really. (laughs) Don't hold your breath. (laughs) It's an expensive show. All
3: right, this next one kind of goes into a deep dive in video game history. So uh, it's uh, a little extended as I get a little history and and video games, but uh, this is quite a a piece coming to auction. Back in the days when Nintendo was the console to beat, a partnership between Nintendo and Sony Uh, yielded a prototype console that for a moment held the promise of shaping 1990's video game landscape into a very different place. Now, what may be one of the last surviving examples of the mythic abandoned Nintendo PlayStation console is going up for sale via Heritage Auctions. Kotaku reports the current owner, uh, Terry Diebold, already has turned down multiple seven-figure offers, including $1.2 million from somebody in Norway, in order to let the auction market determine its current value. The hybrid format console accepts both Nintendo's NES-style cartridges and Sony's CD-ROM discs ahead of the PS1 era and sports controllers that, while dead ringers for SNES gear, nevertheless carry the Sony and PlayStation logos. Heritage says that the auction's webpage that the example that's up for sale is believed to have been made sometime in the early 90s, when Nintendo and Sony got serious for a brief period about teaming up to take over the coming decade's gaming market. Quote, at one point, this dual-branded prototype's existence was mere myth. It is said to be the last remaining prototype of 200 that were forged from the failed joint venture between Sony and Nintendo, two of the biggest competitors in the modern home console video game market. As such, it not only has a slot for Super Famicom games, but a CD-ROM drive. The description at Heritage Auction site says that was not Andy, that was uh, Kit. Kit. Yeah, making yeah. Uh, yeah. That was Kit. sounds.
5: <laughs>
3: what do you knock over? Bunch of shit. Some painting. What's up with all that racket? (laughs) The console can play any standard cartridge that Nintendo Famicom can accept, plus an unknown number of CD-ROM games formatted for the platform. (laughs) Squaresoft's Secret of Mana originally had been planned as an exclusive game for the console before debuting instead on a pared-down form for the Super Nintendo. Sony and Nintendo ended their unfulfilled partnership in 1991, three years before the PS1 arrived while Nintendo and Philips went on to embark in a similarly ill-fated arrangement to develop a CD-ROM device as a peripheral for the Super Nintendo. Like its Sony counterpart, though, that peripheral never made it past the prototype stage. Driving the console's value up even further is the possibility that this may be one of, if not the very last of its kind, to survive the gaming console wars. Quote, reportedly the other 199 prototypes were destroyed when the promising partnership soured and fragmented, said Heritage, adding that this particular model has plenty of old-school providence in the former property of former Sony Computer Entertainment CEO Olaf Olofsson. Olaf Olafson, Indeed. Yark and beef. After Olaf left Sony and eventually joined the bankruptcy-bound Advanta Corp, the company's assets
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was a very
3: was, very distant, ha, ha, in the, distant this is the <laughs> kitchen <laughs> the company's assets quote were organized to be liquidated and this nintendo playstation prototype that olaf reportedly left behind was mixed into a mystery box lot that was auctioned by the company Ooh. had this not have happened who knows when the world would have learned of this prototype's even existence heritage opens bidding on the no-reserve console listing starting February 27th.
0: Oh. Uh,
4: I actually know quite a bit about this. Uh, if you, if our audience wants to learn more about it, um, look up The Ben Heck Show on YouTube. Uh, it's on the Elef- Element 14 channel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he kind of goes into depth of the history of this console and why the partnership, because apparently Sony made several chips for the original Nintendo and um, and then the follow-up Nintendo consoles. So that's what started this whole thing. But they go into depth with this thing. In fact, actually get it functional for a little bit. So you actually get to see this thing function. So even if it's not the only one left in existence, as far as they know, it is the only functional one. And they, wow. they get it to work a little bit. Uh, but finding media to play on it was... Nigh impossible, but sure. they did end up finding like a couple of CD-ROMs that um, were developer CD-ROMs they were able to put able to put in and play around with it. so yeah, it's definitely worth uh, if you're into video game history at all, it's definitely worth checking this out. It's the Ben Heck show,
3: so definitely check it out. <coughs> Chad and Carrie Hayes, the twin brothers who struck gold with their screenplay for the Conjuring, are setting up their next horror franchise, and they once again turning to a quote-unquote true story for inspiration the Hayes brothers have teamed up with the recently launched production company faster horse pictures for a planned series of films centered on new orleans famous LaLaurie mansion the mansion once home to the notorious serial killer madame LaLaurie, who terrorized new orleans in the early 19th century is one of the most famous purportedly haunted buildings in the world and while it has not been open to the public for decades, it retains a healthy reputation as a New Orleans tourist attraction. Madame LaLaurie and her crimes were previously the inspiration for Kathy Bates' character in American horror story *Coven*, and now the Hayes brothers are hoping to launch their own series of stories from the mansion. The Hayes brothers have already visited the Le- LaLaurie mansion thanks to its owner, uh, Faster Horse collaborator Michael Whalen and the duo is reportedly also toying with the idea of writing their first screenplay for the franchise inside the house <gasps> once the Ooh, once inside the, f- the house
0: inside the house
3: where nothing's going to happen
0: indeed <laughs>
3: <laughs> once the films move into production the <laughs> franchise will also be partially shot there ah uh, all right robert kirkman and mark silvestri's stealth Comic miniseries from Image is coming to the big screen thanks to a creative partnership between Universal Pictures and Skybound Entertainment. Lee Daniels uh, from The Butler is attached to direct and produce the film, which will focus on a vigilante who takes his crime fighting career a little too far after years of protecting Detroit. That's because Stealth, the once beloved superhero, is now a man battling Alzheimer's.
2: Oh
0: dear.
3: And his only son, Tony Barber, only he knows the truth. Mark Fergus and Hawk Otsby, the duo known for Iron Man and Cowboys and Aliens, are penning the scripts. Okay, I'm in.
5: Who wants to defend Detroit?
3: Uh, of all places it's to defend. Listen, if RoboCop. You, but, yeah, there you go. That's See? true, yeah. See, mm-hmm. proper.
2: Pedigree.
4: RoboCop.
2: So, uh,
0: RoboCop. I-
2: I've looked up new lines now. He did not have anything to do with what always, always looking on the bright side of life. Uh, but he was uh, a big chunk of the Ruttles. Ah, uh, Yes. God, um, the Ruddles, And also, one of their songs from for the Bonzo doodog band was uh, Death Cab for Cutie, which was later used as a title for a band. Yes. Um, and not related to him, but there's a whole Monty Python routine that says noth- uh, nothing but a bunch of weird band names, pretty much, and mixed into those is uh, Toad the, Ru- the Wett and Sprocket. With Sprocket, which is another one that got used for exactly. a band. So if
3: you need a band name, just go back to that Monty Python screed and choose one. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, David S. F. David F. Sandberg.
4: No. I, is, I, I, you were on the same page I, as me. I, I, I was gonna, like, is he going yeah. to say pumpkins?
2: Yes, Yes, Pumpkins.
3: Any questions? Yes. Lots. <laughs> is following up the success of Shazam. Yeah. With Shazam. a Netflix film adaptation of The Unsound. The what? Written by Cullen Bunn and drawn by Jack T. Cole from the Boom Studios graphic novel. Boom. T- tells the story of... Ashley, a nurse who finds herself trapped in a nightmarish asylum full of secret horrors. The project will mark the return to form for Sandberg, who built his directing career on horror hits such as Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. Now, Skyler James has been hired to pen the screenplay. And Joe uh, Maginello, is that how you say it?
5: Maginello. Maginello.
3: Mag- Mag- Joe Magnello will be playing, quote, a dubious superhero called Max Fist. <laughs> nice in a move, I've seen that porn in a movie called Arch Enemy Fist claims to be a superhero from another dimension who lost his powers when he crossed over into our reality the only person to believe him is a teenager named Hamster with the kids help Max embarks on a mission to clean up the streets by taking on the drug operation led by feared crime boss simply known as The Manager Spectrovision, the horror focus production company co-founded by elijah wood is producing the film which is being written and directed by adam egypt mortimer who did daniel isn't real mortimer conceived of the story with lucas passmore hmm. and finally in the news that i have today dexter fletcher director of this year's john uh, elton john biopic rocket man will be helming renfield that was about
2: elton john Rocket Man, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Thought, I thought it was a Kim Jong... Oh, okay, never mind. Good. All right. God damn. hey oh, folks. You'll you, be here all year. You reached for that one, huh? You're stuck with me. You reached for that one. Oh, I was sitting right there. Little, Little.
5: fact check. You reached for that one, didn't you? Little fact check. He got
0: You're the just inflatable pillow What the hell that out. kid joke anyway? <laughs>
3: Rocket Man will be uh, helming red Rocketman. <laughs> <laughs> burning
1: broke out him. his fuse uh. out there alone. Wow. Uh. Well played, Andy. Yeah well played. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have to you broke my the Torgo, Andy. <laughs> Are you happy now? I'm very this happy. This is why we can't have nice torgos. <sighs> Dexter
3: Fletcher. That's that's the guy. Is going to be Helming Renfield, the upcoming Dracula themed movie from The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman and his Skybound Entertainment and Universal Pictures. Uh, Taking Dracula's story out of the past and focusing on one of his enabling side characters, the movie comes from an original pitch by Kirkman. Plot details. We, We prefer the term Minion American. He's British. Plot details are light. Though in uh, Bram Stoker's original story, Renfield was presumed insane while falling into a thrall like servitude, un- servitude, <sighs> servitude under the master vampire. Servitude Guerrero?
1: Kit, Servitude. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wall squat, induce one. Let's go. <laughs> Universal Pictures has reportedly drafted Rick and Morty writer Ryan Ridley to pen the script. Uh, Renfield hasn't been given a release date yet. And and why- So Renfield writer is Ryan Ridley? Uh, yeah. That's that's your alliteration is breaking me further, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs>
5: that's that's just what happened with you. You know the Star Trek episode. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> okay, okay. One more news
0: piece. That's it. That's it.
3: Ridley Scott will be another R name. Will be producing a video game based thriller series for Queebee. Queebee, titled Curse er That's Curse. _er_ The show will follow a young student looking to win $100,000 by playing an obscure survival game from the 80s. As time goes on, she realizes that the virtual title has locked her into a never-ending world of terror. Simon Allen is writing the project, but Toby Magus set to direct. Curse _er_ hmm. Curse _er_ Curse _er_ I get it. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, this is the moment. This is it. That if you have not seen Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Stark Wars. I heard
0: that. Stark Wars. I heard
1: that.
3: Tony Stark Wars.
1: Somebody's <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tony Stank. <laughs> uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, turn us off and join us later once you've seen it. Because here, forward, there'll be spoilers. Okay, gentlemen, get it off your chests about how did you like, uh, maybe... Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Listen, I liked it. All right. Well,
1: okay. We're done.
0: I liked That's it.
3: That's it. Okay. Enjoy I, this, I, I, this. White <laughs> Juice comments at Ugly Couch Show.
2: I'm just decided I'm sick of the whole. They could have done this better. They could have done that better. This is the movie. Accepted. it. This is the movie they've made. You can like it or not like it. I'm very torn. On
0: just the like movie.
3: Natalie
2: and Bruglia.
4: Yes. I'm very <laughs> torn on the movie because there are certainly. A lot of things about the movie that I like, but I also feel like they really tried to kind of wipe out what Ryan Johnson had done in the previous film. It really does feel like that. Um, you know, making making Ray a Palpatine. I didn't think that was a necessary element. They could have done everything they did with that movie, and not had her be a Palpatine, and still had Palpatine want her to be a part of his plan because she's so powerful in the force but instead they had to make her come from this very special bloodline and i kind of liked what ryan johnson did is like you don't have to be from someone or someone you know you're you're special to be special you can
3: uh, a hero can come from anywhere sure i don't think this movie necessarily breaks that though i i think that's even though yes, Ray turned out to be one of the magic people. Uh, the fact that the the Ryan Johnson film ends with that kid <laughs> exerting force powers and him being an absolute no one, and Finn,
2: sure. and Finn kind of has. Well, yes, and yeah. they did. You
4: know, they did carry that part of the storyline on with Finn being force sensitive. and yeah. you did see that to 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 an extent, but so I
1: I. Uh, I it's funny because if they hadn't gone with her coming from nowhere in Last Jedi, I would have actually appreciated the Palpatine twist more. Um, and and uh, I would have been like, oh, well, that's, that's actually kind of cool because this is why she's fighting Sith and Jedi and all that. Um, but I really liked the whole came from nowhere. And for me... Her ado- adopting the name Skywalker actually has greater, you no, know, has greater weight if Im- greater she greater impact if she came yeah. from nowhere. I agree. With rather you. than I'm a Palpatine, but I repudiate it. Yeah, I rebuke you, Palpatine. And so you know, I, w-
2: I was talking to Doug about this, and and uh, Doug Citizen, um, who's like the biggest Star Force fan I know. Uh, I love Star, Star, Force. Force. It's Star Force. Star Force. Star great. Star Force. Great. Star Wars fan. Join now, kids. What I, I blew it all together in one <laughs> word. Star Force. <laughs> um, go
3: for Papa. TM, pop- by pop- the pop- pop- way, pop- folks, pop- pop- we're pop- going to make that movie someday, right. so don't you do it. Yeah. I think there
2: is a movie. Um, it's very different than Space Force. It's a whole different thing. So making her a Palpatine just crushes the universe even a little smaller. Everybody's, everybody knows everybody. It's like it's like friggin' Mayberry of uh, space. And there it gets worse because, Kay, do you remember when we saw it? There was that weird scene at the end with uh, Lando and... Yeah. Janna? Yeah. Janna, I think. Hey, name.
1: baby, want to go around the galaxy a bit? And she's like, okay. So in the... <laughs> um, one of the books... Get some cold 45 the, uh, malt liquor and
2: we'll just... That's not right. In the... Uh, <laughs> right. Um, what? No. Visual dictionary. The visual dictionary that came Ooh, out. Visual. Yeah. Um, there's backstory where uh, Lando tried to start a family <laughs> and shit fell apart and the First Order stole his infant daughter. And
4: yeah, it did seem like they were kind of hinting at that. They were like, hinting at like, you know, it, and that's what Kay and I said. Is like, like he it. suspected he might know where she's from, but that yeah. was the whole. It it came across more creepy, and people made it out to be more creepy than it. Well, I think was originally in. Kay and to I be. said,
2: "There's something missing here," and that's yes. what's missing is they had a backstory for that they didn't put in the movie.
4: Apparently, there's a lot of missing story elements because they spent so much time trying to work in. Uh, Carrie Fisher unused sure. elements to drive the story. Like They literally wrote scenes around these unused... They um, did not
2: feel forced, though, to me. Watching the movie, that, <laughs> that part didn't feel that forced.
0: Oh, I see what he did. But, I didn't uh, actually see that. Because apparently, <laughs> <laughs>
2: apparently... a genius of my subconscious.
1: <laughs> actually, to you me, there, that one, to right me, there were a couple moments that I was sort of like... Eh, it's kind of clunky. They're really working hard to make that line work. There were a few that struck yeah. me, but there were there were some that worked really well. Right. So it was it was kind of. And you know, apparently
4: that's also a reason why the Rose Tico character seems kind of sidelined in the film. Because yeah, she's supposed to she be was, Leia's uh, number two. Yeah, she was supposed to have a really important part at the base, working with with uh, with Leia. And they couldn't get a lot of the scenes to work out right, right. not from um, the actress's performance. Uh, Kelly is Marie game. Tran. Kelly Marie Tran, thank you. Not from her performance, but trying to get the rotoscoping with the the pre- previously unseen sure. footage of Carrie Fisher and then getting that to work together. So, so. that
2: was one of Big's, uh, Professor Biggs' complaints is that she was underused. Yeah, uh, a Lots
1: on the cutting room floor but, yeah. or didn't work. Because um,
4: apparently she was going to be a very integral part of them getting to Exegol and taking on those Star Destroyers. Because right. she, <clears throat> as an engineer, said, okay, this is what you have to do. And a lot of that those scenes fell and out. It's and it's sad, too, because
1: out. that that really... Uh, what I was agreeing with Steve was that really makes it look like the man babies nah. one. and in fact yeah. there's at least one. This is really big <laughs> Canadian move uh, movie reviewer on Canadian Entertainment Tonight, who's one of the major assholes about the whole Last Jedi betrayal thing, and he's really loud about it, and he. Actually, he actually ends his review with saying, "Fans, you spoke up and they heard you." It was just like, "Oh, you vomitous mass!" So here's there there are
4: elements that do feel like they kind of cave to the fan base. There, there are elements of the film, and I'm just, you know, maybe it's just me, but it does feel like there are, you know, for whatever reason, elements of the previous films got pushed away because of. Vocal minority complained. And, and, and it's a lot really of it... Really a lot.
1: A lot of it's very confusing. Yes. because Because there are quotes where uh, Daisy Ridley has said she knew Ray's parentage all the way from Force Awakens, but I can't find anything where she up and... Any, anywhere where she up and stands up and says, Yeah, I knew Ray was a Palpatine all along. Yeah. So, and then the writer of rise of skywalker was talking as though he and jj abrams as though abrams drew out of him it was like okay so what's worse if if her parents were nothing what's worse than that what what's the one thing that could be worse than that and they were like she's uh she's a daughter or granddaughter of the enemy and so he made it sound like they were talking while writing the script and came up with that idea and <laughs> Ryan Johnson has said flat out that he was told go wherever you want with it. So it's really confused as to did Abrams know and and did he have it established and was told Johnson do whatever because I'm gonna do you know because we're gonna go elsewhere in the third movie or or are they were they pulling shit out of their ass? It does seem every like, movie? it does seem like they kind of charted a general
4: course but there were no specific stops along the way which is why you have force awakens seems very vague as as far as like where all of these elements are coming from right you have a little bit more specificity when it comes to last jedi and then it kind of feels like it makes a left turn when you get to rise of skywalker
2: oh they they're both left turns but i i mean <clears throat> I can see it being an intentional arc. I can see it not being an intentional arc, intentional arc, but it is the movie it is. But and apparently and they works. didn't have like specific plot
4: points that had to be hit throughout these three films. Well, you could
2: also say, I mean, he he, he said let Ryan Johnson go wherever he wants to, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to have the uh, the unfaithful narrator in, in Sure. And they can undo anything because they're all lying to make her do stuff.
4: And also bear in mind, J.J. Abrams was not originally set to direct this final part of the trilogy. Yeah,
3: Colin Trevorrow was.
4: Yeah. So it could have gone in a completely different direction. Now, also, J.J. Abrams is a huge Star Wars fan. So a lot of the elements that got put into the film, and he even admits to this, are things that he said as a fan he would love to have seen. Sure.
3: So here's Star- right. I'm I'm going to get jump in real quick. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars has always been a chaotic writing process (laughs) except for oh yeah except for the prequels right that that was a lucas through and through this is my story beginning to end the original trilogy was Uh, chaos yes there were so many cooks in that pot that at the end of each movie they had no idea where they were going to next in the second true in the second film empire when Yoda says at the end, "No, there is another." They were planning on introducing a brand new character to be that other. It was not going to be Leia, as that other Jedi. Interesting. It's where they ended up going. Okay, what are we going to do with this line? Oh, oh, you know what? We could make Leia the Jedi. Okay, let's let's make that the other. That was never the plan.
2: I do right. like the fact that Leia trained. Um, um, yeah, yep. Ray. Ray, thank you.
3: So. Star Wars has a history of mm-hmm. releasing a movie then going, oh, okay, <laughs> what happens next?
2: All right. So well, let me he- let me go for my no prize on Rose. Okay. Okay, because, you know, it is what it is. It exists out there. So Rose shows up. Uh, when we first see her, she's following the rules. She stops Finn from trying to escape. She's all about the rules. But her sister just died, so she's a little on edge emotionally. Sure. And gets talked into going off and doing something way outside of her comfort zone by these very strong personalities. Which would explain why in this movie she's all about staying to the rules and staying on the base and doing the shit.
4: Well, And and again, apparently there's a lot of that character's growth that we missed because they couldn't get the scenes to work the way
2: they wanted to. Right, but it is what it is. It has to sit there, so this is my explanation for why that happens. And that, uh, that works for me. Certainly.
3: I, I can only give my impressions when I watch the movie. And uh, first, I'll just want to lay it out there. I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I left this thing going. I want more stories with these people. Yep. Uh, which is what well, you should leave that idea with a movie with that idea.
4: I do like the chemistry um, between the three leads. I will
3: say this though. The first third of the movie, I was going, okay, this is Goonies ex machina. <laughs> Goonies ex machina, explain that. Because once they had their little adventuring band that they put they put the searching group together to go find the treasures, that had a very Goonie feel to me all the way through. But every time they went to a treasure... And they were hit a point where they didn't know what to do. In came random third character that came in with a little exposition and the next movement to go. And then they went on the next thing until they didn't know what to do. And then random new character came in and gave them something new. to. Uh,
2: first one, like Lando came
3: in out of nowhere and
2: then left. Now that you yep. said Goonies, mm-hmm. the knife didn't bother me in the movie. I was all...
3: I. Um, I, that's the only point in the movie
2: where, because at that point I had Goonies in my mind already. Right. So when they brought out the
3: Sith knife yes. and f- friggin' pirate shipped that shit, <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit! I, I'm a little closer to Goonies than I thought I was." Okay. Yeah. And, and 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 why would not you to make mention, that? Not why, to- why would somebody bother to make that? They they, they wouldn't. Star Wars as will all every Star Wars will fall apart under. A microscope. microscope examination, right, and that includes the originals. Yeah, because oh, yeah,
4: because you got this knife, and you have to stand in a very specific spot.
5: I know on right? a very specific part of the
4: shore, looking at a very specific part of the Death Star
1: wreckage. That for somehow that to work. has not collapsed, yeah, or corroded, or exactly. sure. It's the Goonies coin. Although, having said that, oh boy, power still working for the doors and shit. I was like, I was like, really? <laughs> but the, oh, the, the, I, I, I was just going to say the effects for that whole. That whole bit yeah oh, no sure the, the, the water effects and everything for that was just amazing yeah if,
2: if for no reason other reason to have that 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 fight with the waves breaking over the yeah that was that was all you know plenty of reason to have it there
3: the the first third was a lot of feel the, the riders are really pushing them to go to all these set pieces mm-hmm. to go f- get the uh, the thing that they don't realize they're gonna run into because luck mm-hmm. right uh like when they go to World War Two planet and uh uh shoot, what's his name? The the hotshot pilot. Poe 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 runs into his ex flame um in in the suit and then, then she gives him th- the <laughs> World key. War Two planet. Yeah. Right. I was the, thinking that the key to go wherever uh, we need to get on the ship. Oh here, take my magic key the key going you use. But- I, I've yeah.
1: saved for years, you take it. Yeah, that but was, she also that,
4: brought us Bubba Freaks.
3: Sure, Bubba adorable! <laughs> yeah, the adorable the, little, the droid little droid maker. Oh, or effector. And so I, it is all I, those moments where all of a sudden this third party comes, swoops in to save the day, and then leaves.
2: Yeah. Uh, Although I did enjoy the interplay between Poe and her. I thought that was fun.
4: Yeah, there was definitely <laughs> so, some interesting. Some, uh, the
3: the This movie needs to breathe a little bit. Yeah. There, ne- <laughs> there needs to be more actual character interactions and stop uh, some quieter moments of, of reflection in something. It's moving so fast that it doesn't have time to stop. It doesn't give you time to stop and think about what you saw.
2: Yeah. Well, because if you stop and think about it, it falls apart. Yeah, sure
3: that might be a, an issue to it. But I will say this: I was enjoyed the ride despite it. Yep. And on the last third, I was enjoying crazy space battle, fun space opera. Sure. Palpatine nutsy poo. I mm-hmm. was enjoying this film. Yep.
5: I was a little upset that Knights of Ren didn't really do much. They'll be in something.
2: They'll show up at some point. They're all dead. They're all dead, bro. Yeah, they'll do backstory stuff.
5: (laughs) Okay. But yeah, I was like, wow.
4: I mean...
2: They're they're the
5: Boba Fett of
4: the... uh, the, uh, (laughs) Yeah,
3: that's a really good description, (laughs) though.
4: I would say elements that I really like, the performances from all the the leads were really good. Um, Adam Driver's amazing. Adam Driver. And and I didn't catch it the first time (laughs) through. I, I saw it twice just to kind of make sure before this show that my thoughts were not going to change too much um, as far as like my confusion of whether I absolutely loved or absolutely hated this film. I'd I'd say I liked it overall, but uh, little things that Adam Driver worked into his performance that were nods to Harrison Ford's performance as Han Solo, you know, just little tiny things, Hmm. um, you know, how he shoots and the kind of shoulder shrug when he pulls the saber from behind his back. With the Knights of Ren, just like little little bits like that, but uh, but Driver put in a really tour de force performance. I like the arc um, of the character too. Yeah, yeah. The now that one know, actually makes sense. You know, the person that's haunted by his decision to go to the dark side, as opposed to being comfortable with it, and he's haunted by the light side is in this as opposed to like kind of that, that dichotomy between Vader who is, mm-hmm. you know, constantly teetering on the edge of falling into the dark side. We have Kylo Ren who is constantly teetering on the edge of falling into the light side of the right, right.
2: So, um, and it could have been stronger, a stronger series all through if Ren had been closer to falling into the dark side. They played with that, but not as strong as it could have. Right. I also
4: don't think there was a dry eye in Rey? the house when, uh, what? what? Do you mean Ray? Ray, sorry. Yeah. What did I say? Ren? Ren?
2: Stimpy. <clears throat>
4: <laughs> I, I don't think there was a dry eye, eye in the house when uh, Harrison Ford made his his appearance oh, yeah. and, and said the I know line at the end oh, when, Christ, when yeah. he was trying to, you know, say, I love you, Dad. And he just interrupts him and says, I know. So, yeah. That, yeah there. I mean, I actually heard... <laughs> full grown adults sniffling behind uh, me. <laughs> it's it's funny. <laughs> and there was and there's nothing wrong with that because it was a quite a touching moment and yeah. it was very in line with that character's you know personality. Absolutely. The
1: the uh the sequel trilogy has some of the best Han Solo performances from Ford since uh, yeah. Empire. Mm-hmm. I mean it's just it, it's just wonderful stuff
2: now something you were saying i'll let you talk about it but chewbacca talk about chewbacca stuff well
1: just the best use of chewbacca i mean you know the force awakens was pretty amazing and when they uh when they uh did the whole reveal on uh, leia's death and you have chewbacca just lose it and collapse Oh well, yeah, because he's he's and, lost uh, everything that means something to him up to that point. Yeah. Really, and it was a really good execution. I think that that really went well. It would have been nice if there'd been like a, a translation caption, like "I never hugged her," you know, something like <laughs> yeah. that. But, but yeah, I
2: mean, oh, and that's another great moment when uh, what's her name, the bug-eyed chick, the um, Moss. Moss. Uh, when uh, when, uh, when Moss gives him the the, the medal, I was like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. As a proper fan service, right there. But, yeah, Absolutely, that's all is. Just, but it's still great. But it's still good. I, I totally makes agree no with sense, you. That's great. That
4: performance. I, I forget the actor that took over for Peter Mayhew, though. But uh, when Chewbacca like breaks down and he's on the ground and he's he's pushing everyone away from him and just I mean, yeah. For a character that has no words. Yes.
1: Yeah. No. That was that. That was exactly the physical yeah. performance. You yeah. could
4: definitely tell that just this totally is a character who's heart has just literally been torn in half yet again Mm -hmm. and and doesn't know what he's going to do and then when he's told come on buddy we need you when he's sitting there just you know stewing in his anguish you know and then he has
2: to has to move on and so on the simultaneous on the simultaneous lighter and darker side you've seen it twice yes are there any porgs on Millennium falcon
4: not on the falcon. Oh, they're um, so snacked up. You only see them when she goes back to uh
2: Yeah. The Jedi. There, were, there was at least at least one on the falcon. It definitely ended up being a midnight snack. <laughs>
4: but uh and then the appearance of Luke as the Force Ghost, I mean, Yeah.
5: You're not talking about the greatest character in that whole movie. general pride it's it's funny because i what a fucking stupid ass name i i remember somebody
4: just recently telling me like general pride i had already seen the movie but like they were saying that they were so uh offended by the yoda bringing down the force lightning in in the last jedi it's like it's like force goats can't affect the real world i just and i'm like sitting there and i'm like i i wanted to point the scene out to him where where Luke catches the lightsaber as the Force Ghost and hands it back to Ray, But I'm like, oh, you haven't seen the movie yet. Well, you know, maybe you should see the movie before you start making such definitive statements. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, clearly the Force Ghosts can interact with the,
1: the real world. Um, it, you know, it's like funny, because I remember a Starlog review of Empire... And the uh, the reviewer in there was bitching about how, okay, so now the force went from being a basic phil- statement of philosophy to this uh, to this uh, samurai foo jumping around uh, somersaulting stuff. And they were like, you know, really disappointed in that addition to what the force could mm-hmm. do. So every time I hear the, you know, Leia could not, you know, force pull herself back to the ship, and uh, uh, Ray and Kylo could not force heal anybody, and so on. Uh, and, oh, that was the other one, the force <clears> healing. Yeah, and the the lightning or Luke interacting with the physical world is just like guys. The expansion of what the force can do pretty much follows. It, yeah. it, I understand it because when I was a kid. I would definitely see something new, and I'd be like, "Oh, come on!" Mm. You know, uh, Force I remember. can't do that. I, and I Remember you talking about Starlog?
2: Sorry, yeah. Uh, I remember you talking about Starlog. I remember an issue of Starlog that fell between uh, um, um,
4: Empire and Jedi.
2: Or? Yeah, Empire and Jedi. Okay, where they were all speculating about Boba Fett in all yes. kinds of ways, oh and, my and God. one of the one of the guesses whether was it was Luke's mother. <laughs>
0: It
1: was insane, and yeah. it
4: turns out he was no one yeah. until the new trilogy. Right.
2: Right.
4: Well, going back to the force healing, though, that was that was another funny reason why they needed to get that episode of the Mandalorian out before the Friday premiere or the Thursday—I should say—the Thursday night premieres. Oh, well, that's a good point of uh, Star Wars: Last je- uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, Rise of Skywalker, yeah, the- because I guess on screen. It's hinted at that Obi Wan uses the Force to heal Luke. That you don't actually see it. I know it's referenced in some of like the books and so forth. But then when you see the the baby Yoda character use Force to heal in the Mandalorian, you, you know you saw he was trying to early on in the early episodes, and then in the that you know second to last episode, he actually does use the Force healing. And then you see Ray do it in. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. So now you have precedent already set. So if it, all the, the whiny man babies are going like,
3: you can't use the force to heal. It's just first man baby. <laughs> no, um,
4: Wow. I was doing, doing my impression. <laughs> <laughs> but Welcome I, to the dark side. I, I, I remember oh, actually heavens. I was in the theater. There were some people that hadn't seen the Mandalorian yet. And I heard somebody like Rose back go, you can't use the force to heal when she did that. And I'm like, Oh, there's somebody that hasn't seen the Mandalorian oh, yet. Man,
2: they just and, and of all the powers they've whipped out of the Force. Yeah, healing—that's the heal... most unbelievable. Apparently, he- healing is not one I have a problem with. I can completely see that working, moving energy around. Yeah, yeah. Jedi are clerics. We've always known this. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about exactly. reaching
5: and grabbing stuff from the other person's environment? That
4: one,
3: that's, I, that's a, I that, love one that was a little hard to digest.
1: <laughs> that one was a little hard to get behind. You know what? Yeah. It's funny. Because, it's cool though. Uh, it's really because cool. of my mom, I. Uh, uh, I know something of speculated psychic phenomenon and all that supernatural stuff that people talk about in the 70s. Your, your mom was into the, sp- the parapsychology stuff? Huh, interesting. And. Uh, Is that so she had dig? Uh,
2: no, his I, mom I mean, was like major, like way into that. the woo. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's the whole joke. <laughs>
3: Yes, yeah, so all the shock monkeys know that.
4: Yeah, we've talked about this before. That his, <laughs> his mom is, just, was, she was the Ray and the Egon from Ghostbusters, pretty
2: much. Yeah, <laughs> but open um, spirit guide. <laughs> the um, location
1: is is one such phenomenon, being in two places <clears throat> at once, and so this whole interaction thing, uh, I just thought was a, like a cool interpretation of that. I was just surprised then,
4: with the ability to physically interact. With that other person and transfer mm-hmm. physical matter but from they, one place to another instantly.
2: But they've established yeah. that in the previous movies.
4: Yes, they did, to an extent. You know,
1: aportation. But aportation. they
4: didn't. They didn't establish that they could pass physical.
1: Right, and so have
4: a
2: There was like a thing where they got wet or something, or there was like there was like a, they, yeah. they eased into it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Jeff Beinhaven, uh, if
3: Nancy can pull Freddy's hat out of her dream, this, this sure. Yeah, is I mean, fine.
1: It, it, to me, it was just <laughs> another expansion of what they were doing. Sure, and the fact that and and the way it happened too, when he gets a lightsaber, was just that was just really cool, glorious. Yeah, that, well, um, that the, yeah, the, that had, the,
5: Vader f- the Vader helmet falling into his area.
1: Oh, and they both destroying. Yeah, the, and this, uh, the lightsaber yeah. fight and all that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah, it had a great payoff at the end. In fact, mm-hmm. the the end in general was just, I think, a fantastic
1: All out. of those Sith what the hell were all those people?
3: I interpreted in the that stands? as worshippers. I guess they or were something. basically the spirits of Sith before him. The, right. I, oh. Okay. When they established that I am all the Sith before me, and you are the, all the Jedi before you. I'm like, okay, these are the... that's exactly what
2: I saw too. Okay. Is you was mean, an audience? Are you, are you, are you talking about so. the audience? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: because apparently that's like Sith devotees. That's yes. his. That's his minions. They're not actually Sith, oh. but they're the people that help build all those Star uh, Okay, so those are the guys that built the Star Wars. That, Star that yeah. makes sense too. So.
1: Yeah, that's the bajillions upon bajillions of of planet-destroying star destroyers. Now, that that I will say is one criticism I definitely agree with. Do we have to... Does every Star Wars story have to be about destroying a fucking planet? With a big cannon? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, how about... It was just like real. Okay, so now every star destroyer has. Oh wow, everyone's a Death Star now. Okay, it's, and of course JJ Abrams just loves Death Star. Oh that's my what it comes God, God! And of Does course they ever?
4: use the Independence Day trope. It's like that's the weak spot on them. We got to target the cannons. That's yeah, what will uh, take out these these giant star destroyers. You know, oh although it didn't God, work
1: they... with the battering ram cannon when Finn was gonna ram himself right. down its throat until. Rose saved him from sacrificing himself to save other people. Right. All they had that that one in Last Jedi. I have to say, I wish they had established it's not going to work. Going down its throat is not going to work. And Finn's like, I'm going to try it anyway, because they made it sound like it would have worked. Rose just fucked it up, nah. which was sort of like, why
3: are you guys doing it that way? Well, the theme of that movie overall was failure, so it all <laughs> yeah. fits.
4: <laughs> what, just what just, just like
3: Empire was, Empire was a big
2: failure. They failed at everything. I, I laughed out loud, and and, and I was just, i was in heaven when they had the horseback riding down the uh the uh yeah. it's a hell
1: of an image so it, it,
2: is. Yeah, jam it really their, is jam their speeders they're that not was, using speeders you
1: can't jam speeders with the force or imperial technology or no. anything yeah. you, apparently you can with the force lightning damn yeah. that's an emp mm. full through through <laughs> yeah. yeah i know the freaking <laughs> yeah oh yeah the the little switch up with killing chewie was sorta of... that was that was cheap yeah, it, 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 it was a little it, cheap. It was weird because it was sort of like, "Oh wow, Chewie's dead." Oh, Marion's
2: dead, and Empire Strikes Back, and in, uh, in, uh, Marion's dead, in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, just, you
1: know. But it and it, I guess for me, a lot of it was cheap because it ha- it was resolved so fast,
3: right? And, and that that's that's the first third of the movie. Yeah, every problem they have is resolved so quickly, mm-hmm. and oh. and usually by somebody else.
4: I do remember what I was going to say earlier. One element of the film I do really like is the notion of your family history, their successes and failures do not have to define who you are as an individual. Mm -hmm. You know, a la Rey taking on the Skywalker name because it's the only family she's really known. Um, Ben Solo rejecting his family line to embrace the dark side, but then coming back from that... And not really trying to make an excuse for what he had done, but still trying to make a difference at the cost of his life, you know, upholding the, the ideals that his mother stood for mm-hmm. and, and in the
3: end. In fact, I've, I, during the end of uh, Ben's arc, as he was in his redemption time, right? I was going, oh, He's the Skywalker that they're talking about in The Rise of Skywalker. Right. That's the Skywalker blood that he is embracing versus this uh mm. the, who he chose to be prior to this. Uh but now it was it was right choosing the, We're doing the a name. lot of
2: nitpicking. Oh yeah, but, but and, and, it was and, but it's I really enjoyed the hell yeah, out of it. Yeah, I
3: don't want it to to, to seem like he, that I that it's not loved. I liked this movie so a lot. So glad you're here. He's so glad. I, I did not <laughs> <laughs> those two troopers. <laughs> I did not think it was as good as Last Jedi. It's great that you're here. Last Jedi had a lot more meat on its bones. I think so. And I think it had a lot more say to theme. Its themes were stronger. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Right. Uh, Its characters were stronger. Uh, But, damn, a fun ride. One of Biggs' complaints, the other other major complaint Biggs had was that they didn't resolve any of the romantic stuff that was going on. You know they didn't. They didn't set anybody off with anybody else, and I'm like, yeah, I, they. I, definitely I, left a lot of that open. I don't need a romance in all my space opera.
4: Yeah, that's and, true too.
2: Well, and and for that matter, that three way hug at the end—they're totally a triad. There may be a quadrat, Maybe
1: roses in there too. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I. What happens in space stays in I, space. I. I didn't like the dropping of the rose fin because it's like, why bother? Although I have to say. I don't think that Boyega and Tran worked in terms of any kind of romance in Lax Jedi. I didn't really see much chemistry there. It, there was nothing. They were great as buddies and as friends, but romantically, I didn't feel like there was a thing. And that's the pats he was giving her, too. as yeah. little
3: friend and, pats in that and, movie.
1: And it's funny,
4: because I was about to say, I was like, well, the the uh, Ray and Finn relationship is definitely a brother-sister relationship, so it's not like that could go anywhere. And then I was like, oh, wait. Mm. We have <laughs> the original trilogy Brother awkwardness. So. That's uh, it's best. So, Go um, your
0: sister. Your
1: mother arrest. Yeah, and I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah, Ray and Finn were not romantically involved. Uh,
3: but you know who has great fin- chemistry? Poe Finn. Poe po and Finn. Yeah, totally amazing chemistry. Not since, yes. not <laughs> since the stage show falsettos had there been that much great chemistry God, between God
4: two damn, gay there, characters. There was such a lot of great little lines between the two of them that were just so subtle, like you know. It's like, I can't do this without... You. Oh, I can't do this without... You. Like, general, general. And, and then go right back into the conversation. Like, it just... You could definitely tell these guys have a lot of uh, respect for each other mm-hmm. and, you know, need each other to, you know, go on that journey. Is he cheating? He's definitely cheating. Sounds He's good. cheating. He's cheating,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, they got good. that. Those two guys actually have really good chemistry now. Yeah.
3: I want to see them in more movies together. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I do...
4: Disagree with somebody that said that they thought that the the kiss between Ray and Kylo at the or, or sorry Ben says he it was back to being Ben at the very end seemed out of place and I'm like not really because it's not like that that there was necessarily a romantic tension between the two of them,
2: yeah, it's a little but
4: bit. he just saved her life and they had just had this huge tense situation and it was almost kind of more like a. Tension release type kiss, not a "oh my god, I love you because you just saved my life" kind of kiss. I just thought it—it it didn't feel like it was out of place because, like, a lot of people were complaining about that leaving the theater the first time I saw it. So,
3: like a lot of things in this movie, it's a lot of deciding not to decide. Yeah, yeah. It's it's trying to ride the middle so <sighs> you can interpret it however you want.
4: Yeah. So, I mean.
3: Because you're right, it wasn't overtly romantic. No, and, and it, it, but yeah. if someone wants to interpret it that way, there's room for it.
4: Well, I mean, it's and it's you know, you had the line earlier in the film where she's like, "I did want to take your hand, but I wanted to take Ben's hand, not Kylo." So yeah. they were stick, really distinguishing that. Stick they're, his finger
3: in my mouth and <laughs> rubbed along my tongue.
4: There are two different sides to his
1: personality. Like, you didn't get that part, Kay? I, uh. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a force ghost now, so, you know. True. And we know that they can affect the world. Oh, can yeah. force ghosts fuck? Yes! Okay, good. Well,
3: of course, if they can catch a lightsaber, you can, they can saber a lot. Well,
1: light. didn't you see the end with Luke and Leia together? They're finally <laughs> yeah. together.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. okay. That, that's the you Kentucky know, part of like space? Like uh, your friend's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Luke Skywalker uh um, well, fifteen-second shot things,
3: yeah. And if there's a bright center of the universe, oh, that's the oh, oh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh,
2: the 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 uh, the yes, the uh, the Jedi speaks. The
1: Jedi speaks, yes. and <laughs> so Luke's like, <laughs> "So my sister's single now? <laughs> yeah. So Leia's single now? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, till death do you part, right? This works now. This there works. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or death gets us back together. Mm-hmm. Wait, bow- so Han's bow. not a force ghost? Yes." <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. There you
1: go. Oh, Han uh, Kansas. All right.
2: Yeah. I kind of want to see this whole thing done like Rocky Horror with the with the uh, Star Wars cast now, and and cast uh, Riff Riff and uh, Magenta as uh, Luke and Leia. Yeah, I agree. What,
3: what, what's missing most from this movie is songs. All sorts <laughs> of
0: songs. I am oh, interested put the to part see. Away, oh <laughs> God. Damn put down fascinated. the tuba.
4: I am fascinated <laughs> with, <laughs> to speculate at like, where they would go forward with Star Wars movies after this, because now that you have finished the Skywalker saga, and Thank God! you have essentially <laughs> wiped <laughs> out all the remnants of what was the Empire, where do they go from here? And now that you've gotten essentially rid of almost all of the original characters, <laughs> or, or at least sidelined them to an extent. The last and you remnants
1: have, of the original trilogy have yeah. been swept away. You have all of these new
4: characters. What about the
1: merchandising? Where will we get revenue from the new characters? <laughs> People want new yeah. toys. Oh no, you're going to see Jeff. I, I'm looking forward to a trilogy of movies of Lando putting the moves on his daughter.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I, stays within theme.
4: I yeah. would love to see where
2: they're going to go forward from. Easy, here. Jeff, and, and the important the part of that first Sith ever. There you go. Oh, the important part of that puzzle is the Mandalorian. They've proved that they can. Tell friggin' stories without throwing in the Skywalker trilogy. Yeah,
4: well, they did that with with Rogue One for a lot of the film. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to Which bring in the
2: people. Kind of hated, and I loved.
0: Yeah. I
4: I loved it because it showed that you don't necessarily have to have all of your heroes be the ones that drive the story moving forward. You could have, you know, the story of the everyday soldier that is there to do a job and are integral to
2: the mission that is being performed by the prime characters that you see. Right. And, and those are the stories I want to see. I want to see these other stories that don't involve yep. the main story now. Uh, although I do want to see the the Poe and Finn uh, open the bed and breakfast story
1: too. <laughs> I um, It's like uh, the new Laurel and Hardy. Is that what you're trying, uh, trying to say? What's his name? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, movie Bob for the Escapist oh, okay. does this great thing on uh, two things. He does the Mandalorian and then he does a comment on Star Wars. And his, his Star Wars is part of his series Really That Good where he talks about, you know, an effect of a movie and just, just how good it was. And he talks about the original Star Wars in its own context. He said, I don't want to talk about it in essence in franchise. <clears throat> and two of the two of the really cool comments he had, one was that Star Wars was important and a lot of people miss this in that coming out of the Vietnam era, coming out of that whole counterculture area and everything, Star Wars made war movies fun again, which uh-huh. is a really profound statement because he was like, you, your, your last rah-rah war movie before Star Wars was really Green Berets which a lot of people poo-pooed because it was <clears throat> it was a quote-unquote feel-good war movie in the spirit of like World War II movies uh, about Vietnam, which was so controversial. And then for the next ten years, almost fifteen years, war movies got kind of grim, and there was lots of moral judgment in it, and and ex ex exposure of
2: what war movies were like or, or weird gray areas like yeah. one of my favorite movies um um Kelly's Heroes mm-hmm. where where you you've got right. the war going on but you've also got other stuff going on in the background
1: but star wars by putting in the science fiction fa- <coughs> facade but nevertheless really riffing on World War 2 movies and uh, World War 2 combat made war movies kind of cool again, kind of fun again, you can watch a war movie and sit there and, yeah, these are the good guys, go, 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 win, 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 and it was it was a, a really important point to bring up, and it's funny, because I'm thinking of that comment while I'm thinking of people going apeshit about Last Jedi with the bomber run on the Dreadnought which was really funny because there are plenty of ways they could have. I mean, the the whole thing about the bombs on the dreadnought and everything was simply they all they needed was one fucking line of dialogue to explain how they worked. And Has no one seen how roller coasters work these days with magnets? Well, that's the whole thing. You know, the magnetic expulsion, or we are now in the gravitational field of the dreadnought or something, anything, one single fucking line and he totally would have neutralized everything Mm. but he was talking about uh a lot about buying into the universe and and how things work and it's really it's really a very very good uh video really that good star wars by movie bob on the escapist channel he also talks about mandalorian and makes some great observations about mandalorian um is this on the same show or separate uh, yeah, video. it's The Escapist, and he talks... Uh, separate, not, separate
2: shows on the same channel. Okay, so yeah. a separate video, not the... Separate video, because
1: he does these in like 10, 15-minute splats. He doesn't really push it hard. Um, and Mandalorian, he uh, he actually is like, sure, Mandalorian plays it safe, but... And then he goes into just how, how he sees it as essentially very good for... <laughs> The franchise and part of it, uh, Jeffrey was t- touching on, like introducing some force healing and also getting away from the, you know, showing that you can actually do something that isn't Skywalker and it can not just be successful like Rogue One, but can actually be very good and and something that appeals to a wide range of people and stuff. Um, he also, it's funny because he brings up something I hadn't really thought about. Mandalorian kind of plays. On the whole Boba Fett coolness factor. Because really, the only thing about Boba Fett that everybody was like, oh, that's so cool, is his look. Yeah, And Mandalorian plays on that whole mystery thing. Talking about Mandalorian not removing his helmet, he said, is actually really, really kind of integral to the whole Boba Fett mystique and what made Boba Fett so cool. So... He makes a lot of connections there that are really superb. So I definitely advise looking them up on YouTube. The Escapist movie Bob talking about Mandalorian and really that good Star Wars.
2: All right. It is the way.
1: Yeah. This is
2: the way. This is the way. <laughs> you're the way. <laughs> I've been fact-checked yeah, by, by 80s. <laughs> going, going back to Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Did you
5: get PTSD when they brought out the U-Web canon? and lewis and oh god oh, yes I, I did oh that was <laughs> yes that was, i did when i saw i was them, like oh no when
1: i saw them setting it up i was like oh shit and then they mention it and it was I just assume this is from a game yeah this yeah. is imperial assault, imperial assault and lewis would you know it's you got a a game master who essentially sets up the empire and then everybody plays the rebel squad coming in to do a mission and lewis would always throw out that fucking e-web, which was just the devastating just monster of pieces. a weapon so and it, it was always just a hit because basically what you have to do is as soon as the e-web appears everybody has to gang fuck it and destroy that goddamn e-web and do it as fast as possible and everybody would everybody would fuck around and nobody would, or people would get in and we'd fail and fail and fail it was just a fucking nightmare <laughs>
4: It kind of reminds me. There was like an SNL skit where they're talking about like uh uh you know ninja movies it's like it's like it's like all right what were we supposed to do attack it all at once and what did we do attacked it one at a time <laughs> 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 it's like it's it's like the simplest line but it really yeah. says yeah. exactly what happens yeah, in yeah, those yeah, films yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like if you attack them all at once the hero's done but instead you try to attack them one at yeah. a time and
1: yeah you got in a circle and just went yeah so but um yeah that was that yeah, was that, uh, really I, I that was. Like, was
5: I'm in the corner shaking. Yeah, <laughs> that was just funny. That and,
1: and Gina Carano like step away and shooting the great, and then nothing happens. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that was definitely uh, I thought it was a call out to to uh, Carrie Fisher in original Star right. Wars, and then the great uh. stayed there, and I was like, oh fuck. So and I like I I think I was having an argument with Jeff because Jeff was I think it was Jeff uh, not not Jeff uh, Jake. Was certain that the IG had killed, uh, killed um, uh, Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte <laughs> and um, and and was like, you know, going to take the baby or something. When it was like, it's so obvious, IG's going to come out and start ruining shit. I and, had forgotten about him until that episode. Oh because, wow! Like, like, you know, I was
4: waiting for him to show well, up. Well, he was, you know.
3: Uh, By the way, we're now going to spoiler talk of Mandalorian if you right. noticed. <laughs> Well, Sorry for the non warning on that
1: one. They're a whole bunch of rights. Related. It, it'll be oh, in the, fuck. It'll
2: be in the description. Uh, anyway.
4: No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> a discussion for another time. All yeah. right. So, but, but Anything yeah.
3: else you want to say about the new Star Wars movie? Uh, I'm still
4: torn. It was very entertaining. It's like though. Natalie and
3: Brooklyn.
4: Still torn on. Huh? But yeah, still very entertaining film. I'm it. not torn at all. I enjoyed I liked a
1: lot of it. it. I liked it. I'm, I'm conflicted as to whether or not I liked it. Last Jedi, better or not, but um, I definitely like this, and you know, like you said, Todd, uh, the last third is just crazy, and it and you said nonstop, it is the most action-packed Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. This fucker started and did not stop. that is almost true. to a fault, yeah,
3: but you you can't say you just didn't get your goddamn money's worth, yeah, my word, yeah. Well, what did you think? <laughs> Write to us, comments at UglyCowShow.com or show dot, throw it on Shock Monkey's lair. And until next year, I am Master Torgo.
2: Hades, Jeff. Force K. Punching a bag of Yoda fa- uh, fact-check candy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That almost uh, didn't work. Anyway. Yeah, almost. <laughs> it almost <laughs> turned into a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you next <laughs> year. <laughs> <when we> get- <laughs> Want to join me for a night of punching a bag of Yoda, sweetie? If you know (laughs) what I mean. (laughs)